Welcome to the Soccer Podcast, where we talk soccer in Delaware, soccer in the rest of the world, and everything in between. My name is Sebastian, and this week I'm joined here by Dwayne. What's up, man? What's up, man? Futsal King is in the building. Futsal King, that's right. Uh, yeah, that starts tomorrow, right? Yeah, it starts tomorrow. Um, shout out, just an early shout out to Alex Colt, man. Hooking me up with this guy from God Soccer to get my schedule back online. Um Everybody knows that the world ended when God's like sport went down. The soccer world still ended. Down. Still down. It's still down. But uh, everybody knows the soccer world ended. So, um, yeah, man, we're, we're back on the God soccer legacy system. New system to learn some similarities. But um, I can see where people need glasses because the, the screen print is very, very small. It's smaller. Yeah. I mean, I wish they still had the scoreboard launcher. That would be cool. The what? They, they have a they Scott soccer had an internal scoreboard so for like an event you could put it on like obviously an indoor event you could put it on tvs and it would scroll through the scores and scroll oh, that's through cool. the standings show you upcoming games oh wow now, i don't know when you have 200 games how effective that is <laughs> but pretty cool though if you're at a if, if you're at a facility i mean obviously you could take off older games but i think it's pretty cool yeah that's cool um yeah i uh tomorrow i'm super happy to but to announce that i'm going to be going to the philadelphia union game yeah i'm super happy to announce that i have a seat there maybe maybe hillary should take a, a cardboard cut out of me and put me there <laughs> they're gonna uh, say Where, where's your boy at and I'm like man he's out here working he's working uh it's gonna be cold but uh but no i'm i'm excited for it i think um i'm looking forward to i've never had well i, I did have season tickets to the union before but uh it was a little different right because like i didn't feel like i had was i didn't necessarily i wasn't committed to going to every game um this one i feel like i'm committed to go in because i paid for it so uh so i'm committed to go in every game now so i'm i'm excited for it i'm i'm, I'm immersing myself in this i like mls culture to a certain extent um i've always followed it i just like this is different i think it's looking at it from a different perspective now now i'm like locked in i'm gonna be watching the standings checking out the scores uh, it's cool i mean i think it's just cool like again I, I get it with mls like it's like man it's just it's just mls it's not yeah. the best but i mean mls it's a it's right here yep um great fan culture right it's yes. not a it's it's not an arena that's you know missing seats like every seat's going to be packed so yeah. you don't have to, like you're not paying 20 dollars sitting in nosebleeds and you got a whole row to yourself yeah, yeah um good culture i mean you know you get to see some players that are on their way out you know like shakiri um is on his way out uh so like he um like it's also to see him, you know. It's also to awesome to like heckle Josie Altador who's on his way out. Like those, those older games that were, huh? You back? Nah, he's in Mexico, man. They they got rid of him. That's what I thought. They told him never to cut. They exiled him from America. I like the fact there's a couple. There's a couple. They're playing Columbus Crew tomorrow, so there's a couple. Um, there's at least one Argentinian player that I'm, you know, kind of excited to see. So that'll be cool. Always, always like to keep up with the. Well, the Argentinian players in the MLS, it's always fun to be like, oh, cool. Like, I know I've seen him before and stuff like that. So looking forward to it. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward. Yeah, looking forward to it. I'll miss game one, but I missed game one last year. So, hey. Why not? Keep the, don't lose a game at home. Yeah, there you go. 
Hey, you know who won't be playing? Who? Corey Burke. <laughs> I got I got something I got something for you. I got something about that in a little bit. Not about uh, Corey Burke. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh today we got two interviews. Got some good interviews, man. These are, these are some good interviews. This is a very this is a very Delaware centric interview podcast today. Um in opposite sides of the state, too, right? Opposite sides of the state. Uh so first interview, Bob Boose, Bob Boussier. Uh DYSA Hall of Famer, uh, longtime soccer coach and and Delaware coach and general instructor and stuff. Um, and uh, we talked to him about being part of the local organizing committee, just like we talked to Wayne Cox last year. This year we talked to Bob, um, and it was really good because we ended up seeing Bob like seven times in, that, in those three days after that. Yeah, you saw him once and got him on the podcast. Didn't think we would see him again. That guy was running. Yeah, he was all over the place. So it was cool. Um, and then interview with Pat Kilby, uh, K Penn Lopen, boys and girls soccer coach. Um, and I think it's fitting considering that we start um we start the season next week. We start high school seasons across the state, all start next week. So I'm excited for that. I'm excited for the fact that it's I get to back to kind of a, a regular coaching schedule. Um, so I'm looking forward to to the high school season. So we talked to Pat Kilby. Who uh longtime high school soccer coach. So be cool. At Sussex Central and Cape Penlopen. That's right. Yeah. So um yeah. Four, four no against him in high school soccer. I'm gonna just throw that out there now. Just throw that out there. All right, there you go. Just throw that out there. Throw it out there. <laughs> okay, cool. Perfect. All right. Now we're just waving down people at uh Podcast Row. We found uh Bob Boussier, Delaware Legend. Um, if you go back to uh, Quote me if I'm wrong, Glasgow back in the 90s and 80s, Paul Booten, um, Josh Katz, DC Lavender, a lot of Delaware guys came out of Glasgow. Um, so yeah, Bob Boos, nice to have you on the podcast. Well, thanks so much. It's great to be here. So uh, do you want to tell us a little bit about your uh, role here at the USC convention? Yeah, I serve on the uh, what they're calling the Local Organizing Committee, and um, we've been helping out since Tuesday. Uh, the committee is represented by a lot of Delaware coaches um, because Wayne Cox, the coach, the former coach at Delaware Military Academy, um, is the chair. So he recruited us to, to help out. Basically, our jobs right now, um, we sign in players that are going to be demonstrating for the different presenters. And um, once we get them signed in, waivers are signed and everything. We escort them up to the field that they're going to be demonstrating on, introduce them to the coach, and then our job is done, and we go back downstairs and sign in the next two or three teams. Friday, Saturday, um, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, very busy days. We're registering two to three teams an hour and awesome. uh, just trying to keep everyone organized, and then we get them upstairs, and like I said, we hand them over to the coach. and. We're done. So what goes into like finding these teams? What do you, what, what kind of work goes in behind the scenes? Yeah. Um, I should mention, um, Leo Marinello is, uh, the coach at Conrad school of science. Joe Manlove is the assistant coach at Silesianum school. Um, who else is down there? Um, those two come to mind immediately, but 
we reach out to various contacts uh, in Delaware, concentrated in Delaware, but also Eastern Pennsylvania and Southern New Jersey. We also have committee members representing those areas, two members from the Eastern Pennsylvania Youth Soccer Association, um, very helpful in securing teams. Um, some coaches from South Jersey that have brought some teams over as well. Um, but yeah, we've got all the uh, the clubs in um, in Delaware represented with a team or a couple of teams demonstrating and getting in front of these uh, parents, coaches, and and everyone else. So a lot of fun. Yeah, that's definitely awesome. Um, so I have a I have a quick story with about Bob, uh, and he I don't know if you might remember, he might not. So I did my C license at Bryn Athen college uh probably four years ago four yeah. or five years ago yeah with mike barr and gary mike stevenson barr. and lou and, atkinson and lou, you came up with lou <laughs> just randomly to watch me and dan coach uh <laughs> that's right to make sure that we were doing our job um but i wanted to ask you uh what what have you seen in your all of your years as a progression from a coaching education standpoint uh, you know, we we've had Lou and and Mike on the podcast before talking about coaching education, um, and and where have you seen the development of that, and how important is this convention towards that as well? The convention is wonderful because you just can meet so many different people that represent so many different organizations. I would say the biggest change that I have seen in the thirty plus years that I've been coming to this back when it was the National Soccer Coaches Association of America um, is one, the number of people. But um, one of my favorite things I saw on social media was uh, I'm here at the NSCAA convention, too many business suits, not enough training suits. And I think what the, that individual was saying was that this has really become a major industry. Yeah, absolutely. Whether it be uniforms, uh, clubs, there's a lot of branding going on right now. Um, so that, I would say, just the growth of this organization, which used to be done all by volunteers, yeah. registration, signing in, everything. Um, and the advancing of these coaching courses and united soccer coaches now is offering a full slate curriculums that you can use for your coaching advancement it's no longer the sole propriety of the um, u.s soccer um in terms of coaching education so for a club now you can recommend that hey if you really want to advance do the u.s soccer curriculum c b a f e d you know all those different levels and even there you can say if i want to go for my b license i can take a pathway b or a right. professional mm -hmm. amateur yeah um so yeah it's um the the growth alone is just incredible i mean you even think about it now you have the media section of it right like you've got media you've got you know the exhibit hall that's going to open up later tonight with the um 
all the shopping, branding, improving your club, and then all the, the on-field sessions, the classroom sessions. I mean, it's an awesome experience. It's, it's a really an awesome experience. Good and, food across the street. And that growth across the country and everywhere else is just incredible. I'm, I actually, I have a friend coming in from Tampa, just took a job with um, a club down in Florida, and he's coming up just to investigate all the different things that might be offered to this club. So whether it be turf or uniforms or whatever, he's coming up here for two days just yeah. to go to the exhibit area. Yeah, absolutely. And just from a networking who standpoint. would have done that 10 years, right. 20 right. years ago? Yeah. Does that speak also about the growth that we've seen in Delaware? I've been in Delaware for seven years and I've seen the growth internally there. Obviously, you've been there a lot longer. Have you seen that growth? And even from what you and Lou started so many years ago and kind of set that path forward. Um, have you seen that growth? And then this, to a certain extent, younger generation of coaches coming up, Leo is, Leo is one of them, you know? Yeah. Where have you seen, where have you seen that growth? And where now it's making an impact. Delaware is making an impact nationally there. Where have you seen that growth? It's, it's really been interesting to track that growth. Again, I think for our younger coaches if we have somebody to say hey you know my kid got involved in the game i'm really turned on to it now i want to coach the menu of options are there so like i said earlier it could be an f license e or d if that's the pathway you want to take or the more user-friendly classes that united soccer coaches offers um I was talking to Vince Gansberg, the director of coaching for United Soccer Coaches, and he's doing a national diploma here. Yeah. And he was talking about how great the candidates are. But I was also talking to him about when he and Lou Atkinson used to do some of these courses. You found time to sit down with candidates one-on-one -on -one in a small group, a large group, informally. And just talk the game. Yeah. You know, um, with a federation that is, it's much more rigid, rigid. Yeah. and it's much more, I can't really talk to you. You're a candidate. I'm going to be right. giving you a license to coach at this level. Um, so I think, you know, again, a lot of options, different pathways, different approaches. Um, do you have any? Lou is, Lou is probably one of my favorite people in the world, um, not only from a mentorship perspective, but I think just uh, just somebody that uh, when I text him or he texts me or I get a phone call from him on a random day at like 10 o'clock in the morning, and it's, it's, it, it's somebody I want to for sure pick up the phone. Um, do you have any Lou stories or one Lou story that you, that you can share with us uh, that that so I was the first director of coaching for the state of Delaware, Delaware Youth Soccer Association. And somebody calls me and says, I got a guy down here in Dover, wants to get involved with, with the, the coaching and all this. You know, can he do, I don't really remember what license it was, but uh, I said, you know, sure. So I'm running around like a madman. Um, we were at Shooty Park. And um, trying to get cones down. And I'm kind of looking at Lou like, 
I don't know you, but I'm thinking you're a novice, so you're here to learn. And we hadn't had an opportunity to talk beforehand or anything. So first session, I think it was dribbling or something. Lou nails it <laughs> better than any session I could have possibly have run. And, you know, back then the candidates played and you always have some good candidates and not so good candidates. And the way he managed that group, I just wanted, after the end of the session, I just want to say, hey, you, you do the rest of this. <laughs> they're going to have a much better experience. So underestimating Lou's ability um, really kind of taught me a lesson, like don't have these preconceptions going in. And, uh, but ever since, I mean, this is back in the late 80s, early 90s, I'm doing this with him. And um, he's been a dear friend. I was talking to him this morning um, about him coming up because people are asking if he's yeah, coming. Yeah. And uh, unfortunately, he's got he's getting over this respiratory issue, so he won't be coming. Unfortunately, uh, well, gotta love Lou. Gotta love a gotta gotta, gotta love a good Dover Lou. story. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> that, that hits home right there. Shooty Park, Dover. You know, it's, it's a great story. Well, here I am. I'm a transplant from New York. Uh, moved here in '87, and so Wilmington, Newcastle, really Wilmington, Newark are those two areas. My first coaching job was at Caravel. Right. And uh, then I left Caravel to go to Glasgow. But so I knew the Newark Bear yeah. area and I knew the Wilmington area. But who's um, the one that like was always pushing Dover? Like we have CDSA down here. Yeah. We yeah. are a big organization and it just opened my eyes, you know. And now we've got Coastal and we've got Enlopen and we've got, you know, so the state is just. No, so much. Yeah. Well, Bob, thanks so much for coming on. Thank you for having. It me. was it was an absolute pleasure. Uh, I think we need to now find a way to schedule a Mike Barr, Lou Atkinson, Bob, Bob Boussier Boussier episode. Yeah. Episode that would be fun. I was talking to Mike yesterday uh, just before he did a session. It was great to catch up with him. Yeah, Mike's coming on the podcast tomorrow afternoon. Is he? Yeah. I think, yeah. I think Bob said he was responsible for Mike getting to a session. <laughs> yeah, we yes. Were, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's uh, running down the hall i'm like i'm doing a session you ought to come i'm like what time and he goes, i don't know where is it i don't know he yep the same thing to us. yeah he said the same thing to us when we ran into him he's yeah, like, I mean, like mike we're going to your session he's like great do you know where it is and, and like, wayne cox played for mike yeah. at william penn high school yeah awesome which is yeah legend i mean mike is just legend yeah. i played against God. you i don't know if you know that Really? Back in the Dover days, 2009, Dover days? 2010, 2011, 2012. Oh, my Dover gosh. Archmere, every year we played you guys. That's right. Yeah, because of Paul Booten. Paul yeah. Booten, yep. yep. And Lou. Lou and the last two years. Absolutely. Great people. Well, That's Bob, the great thing about this game. Everybody. Yeah, it's great. It's just the friendships and the relationships are fantastic. Well, Bob, thanks so much for coming on. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. Go Delaware. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. CDSA, we're talking about Dover High, we're talking about Henlopen, we're talking well, about it all. Your topic. Yeah, all right, fair well, enough. No, doing this about ODP is, back in the day. No, doing this is this is one of those interviews where I I just sit here and learn, and uh, because yes, sir. The, it, it, I mean, 
This is the second Kilby we've had on the podcast. Is this the better Kilby? I'll let him answer the question. I don't want to. I don't want to start any family drama, well, especially since okay. they're coaching together again this year. So uh, well, I'm going to go out and say that um, Steve or Pat said that Steve gets him the coffee. Oh. <laughs> he's the coffee guy. He's the he carries the ball bag. Yeah. Well. So Pat Pat Kilby is on the podcast with us. Head coach at Cape Henlopen High School. How are you? I'm doing well, guys. Thanks for having me. So, Pat, man, um, one of my former coaches back in ODP back in the day, um, we also had the pleasure of going to the same high school, not at the same time. I had the pleasure of... Is he trying to... Wait, 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 wait. Let's back up. Is he trying to say that, that, he's, that, he's, that he's younger than you? He is younger than me. Uh, I don't believe that. Well, you know, well thank, thank you for that. <laughs> thank, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> no, we, uh, yeah, I coached a season at ODP. And uh, what year, how old were you then? And I don't know. CDSA was still a thing. Shooty Park was still a thing. So it had Brian, to be. I was with, I was assisting Brian Sprinkle, I think. Yeah, Brian Sprinkle. And uh, he, I uh, think at the time he was. A goalkeeper coach at University of Delaware. It's whatever the first year you can play ODP. Maybe U thirteen. U thirteen. Maybe yeah, the first year you can play ODP. Yeah, they they paired me up with Brian, and I was with your group, and it was a good good little team. It did well. Interesting team. Yeah. Um. So but, let's talk about let's talk about the the fact that you're coaching with your dad again. Yeah. So he hired he, him, so he, he stopped losing in the rivalry. Right? Is that <laughs> was that part of it? Yeah, guys, you're coming at me early with this. <laughs> this is why this is you know, this, see this. this well, we're gonna make Pat he, choose who's his favorite host. Well, is. Yeah, well, <laughs> definitely, definitely not the way. <laughs> uh, but no, um, you know, my dad was at Indian River High School. I believe it was 22 years, uh, and you know, he was he's living in Milton which is probably about maybe a 45 minute drive from Indian river. And he's been, he was been doing that drive every day for, you know, 20 years, I guess. And, uh, he's, he's not getting any younger. Uh, and he wanted to work a little closer to home. And, uh, so he applied for a job at Cape, got it, you know, and, uh, he's teaching in the Sussex consortium and the Cape Henlopen school district and the suite, the, the sweet, uh, the sweet part of it is like he, he and I get to coach together, and on top of that, he coaches gets, his granddaughter. Co- yep, my daughter Sarah is going to be a junior in the girls' program this year, and he coached her club team this year, and he'll be coaching with me at the high school uh, with her on the team. So that's going to be pretty special. That's awesome. I was trying to beat your dad when I played him. I, there was a little bit of extra edge there to say, "Hey, man, I took down one of the greats." <laughs> uh, but we, I think we ended up tying that game. Oh boy. Um, that's awesome. It's awesome to have your dad back. You know, I, I think that, you know, for you, it was always, and I know they hype it up down in Sussex County, the Kilby rivalry, but it's awesome to see you guys together to see, yeah. can you build, can you, can you build him a little bit? Yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's, it's funny. You talked about the rivalry and, you know, Dan Cook, who writes for the Cape Gazette down there in Lewis deemed it the Kilby bowl. <laughs> uh, add a little American so- American football esque to the title, I guess you know. But uh, it, it, he um, he yeah, he named it that. And every year he writes an article. The the Indian River newspaper writes an article, and uh, everyone who plays soccer in Sussex County or you know knows about it. And I was fortunate enough to beat him a couple times, so that was fun. A couple times, yeah. Was that the Henlopen days or the Sussex Central days? 
Never in the Sussex Central days. Oh, Only man. in the Cape Hen Open days. That's oh, because yeah. you guys are in the same district. He was getting all the good kids to come there. I are. I'm no comment. <laughs> left them with the leftovers. Yeah. Wait, what? Uh, what? Uh, what? What is it like? Have you guys have Have you guys gotten to coach together before? Or this will be the first time that you've uh, officially coaching together. I think this is the first time we've officially coached together. You know, um, I played for him. You know, club going back to the old CDSA days uh, in the 90s. Uh, I played for him there for six or seven years. Um, super talented team. Uh, there you go, man. See, they don't sleep on CDSA, and, man. Uh, he was my high school coach at Dover. Uh, I was class of 2000 there. and uh, Conference we, champions. Yeah, conference champions two years in a row there, uh, my junior and senior year. Uh, so look, it, 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 there's a long history there of playing for him, and then there's a, a long history there of me coaching against him, and I hope to build a long history of us coaching together. That's so awesome. it'll, be, it'll be fun. What do you think the dynamics going to be like? Yeah, you know, it's <laughs> he. Um, you know, it's the joke I always I, I always tell people when they ask, you know. Because, you know, when he first came on board, he said, I've never been anybody's oh, yeah. assistant. <laughs> he goes, I'm not sure what to do. So whatever you need me to do, I said, well, dad, the first thing you need to know is how I like my coffee. <laughs> and uh, he, he, he kind of laughed. But uh, no, he, he's a good sport. He's funny about it. But um, no, he so far, the dynamic works really well because um, I can sit back and he can run a session and I can watch. And not only can I evaluate players and and so forth under the uh, under the topic in which I say, "Hey, Dad, can you run a session on on this or that?" Um, he'll do it, and it's a high level session. And I'm fortunate to have that resource, and I can sit back, watch, and evaluate, and chime in here or there. And he does the same for me um, when I run a session. So it's we're super fortunate at Cape to have such a, a talented coaching pool with so much experience. Because I also have Gary Montalto with us, um, and he won, he just won an award here at the convention um, for I, I can't remember the exact phrasing of it, but it's for longevity and coaching, and and um, he's been with our program for a while. So we have him. We have Joe Rupar, who played at Sally's. Joe is a great great resource. He's younger than me, um, so when maybe I don't relate as well to the guys on certain things or areas or aspects. He's there. Uh, I also have Tyler Nichols, who played for me at the high school uh, and uh, coached with him at Henlopen Soccer Club. And he's, he's a great resource as well. So we, at Cape, we have such a deep, deep coaching uh, uh, staff, if you will. So, so Let's talk about the, uh, you, you do annual college tours. I, think, I know you do it on the men's side. Do you do it on the women's side as well? Yeah, so this spring we're traveling. So what I do with the high school team at Cape is boys and girls, we go on an overnight trip. I schedule some matches and we, we visit some colleges. So for the boys this year, we went to Boston and we visited Northeastern University. They just hired a brand new coach. I think he came over from UNH. I believe, uh, in the University of New Hampshire. Um, could be wrong on that, but I think that's what uh, what he told me. But anyway, yeah, we got we get to tour the athletic facilities, meet the coach, meet some of the players, ask questions, learn how to be recruited by a D one coach. Because I mean, Northeastern's a pretty pretty strong program. Um, so that's what the boys did in the fall, and then we played uh, East Boston High School and Boston Latin School, which was uh, two talented groups. They tested us pretty well. And for the girls, 
Uh, we're going to South Carolina this spring. We'll stay in Hilton Head. We're going to visit College of Charleston, and we're going to visit uh, SCAD, uh, Savannah School of Art and Design, um, so, uh, and meet their players and coaches and so forth and so on. So How did that, how did that get started? Yeah. Well, to be honest with you, um, it's funny. Like, I see what Sally's does, and they go on their overnight trips, mm. and um, they they travel the country. And you look at their raw their schedule. Excuse me, they look at their schedule, and I think they play maybe eight or nine games a year out of state. And um, I think in my community, in the Lewis, uh, Rehoboth, Milton, Harbison, um, Lincoln, Harbison. yeah, <laughs> Lincoln, that you know, our Dewey Beach, that we have a great community. Mm -hmm. uh, in our school district and they support us um so when i said hey i want to do something like this and our booster parents and our school administration asked go for it so we do it every year now uh and i tell you what like uh the kids just come together they yeah. really do it's um, a bonding experience it really is and especially this last boston trip because we we didn't do hotels we did a, VR, a verbo vrbo or whatever it is mm -hmm. uh we've got a massive house that sleeps 26 and uh the wow. kid the, the boys cooked they cleaned the dishes and we and it was a lot of fun how, how was the cuisine uh, he, was it edible yes it was it was very edible uh, <laughs> they did a good job they did <laughs> patting it up on the grubhub after <laughs> don't tell anybody <laughs> but i think but i think that speaks to the to this idea that that yes, high school's doing a really good job from an academic standpoint of getting kids to to but but there is a there's a level of responsibility that you're taking on from a from a sports perspective that and and you might have it that not every single one of your players wants to play college soccer or might not get the opportunity to play college soccer, but you've exposed them to something different. Mm -hmm. Um I think there's a level of responsibility especially for for players that are younger, freshmen or sophomores, to now have that overnight trip. And have the ability to figure out how to how to manage that without mom, dad, or whoever to be there with them. So I think that's a that's a really cool experience, and I'm sure at those ages they re they really appreciate it, right? Yeah, and you know the other side of it is like just like any other school, public school setting, the socioeconomic status within your program goes high to low, and everything in between. And um, when we take a step back and look at the number of kids that wouldn't be able to visit a college because of that because of their socioeconomic status um you know at least they got to see one or two yeah. on these trips so um I, I think the kids really enjoy it i know parents are thankful for it because you know it's providing them with a pretty cool experience oh you guys got a good financial backer down there jimmy allen right oh jimmy allen's awesome uh <laughs> kate grad uh and can you awesome. tell us a little bit about uh, i know he does some stuff um in your school district can you tell us a little bit about what he does because that's i mean you know, we all, you always hear artists say they give back, but oh, yeah. Jimmy Allen always goes back to Delaware, but more specifically goes back to the Cape School District. Yeah, so he'll he'll host a concert, Bottle and Cork or Starbird or wherever. Um, sometimes, I can't remember the name of it now, but there's that open field there. Hudson, Hudson Field, there you go. He'll do a concert there and he'll take those proceeds and say, hey, you know what? It's going back to my old elementary school. It's going back to HOB Elementary in Milton. I think he, he raised like forty thousand. Is yeah. like forty thousand he gave to the school. So that's that's pretty awesome. Yeah, he's really he's he's a he's a class act. That guy. That's so. awesome. What is? Uh, can you give us a little preview? I mean, I'm I'm not trying to get a scouting report, nah, but maybe nah, no previews. No previews. Can we do a preview on the on the girls girls season as it's coming up? Pretty soon now. For Cape, Cape or in Cape general, minus two and a half for, for Cape. I mean, let's, I mean, yeah. let's go well, Cape. Listen, Cape versus um, Odessa minus two and a half. We've um, 
<laughs> I started the year off. Listen, I let's go back to 2022 for a second. First year of the varsity program for Odessa. Uh, our first game of the season, we decided that we want to play Ursuline. Uh, did not go as planned. <laughs> <laughs> then we drove down to, to, to Cape. Luckily, Pat was able to hook us up with a room because our bus situation made us get there seven hours before the game or something like that. So we, it felt like a layover and a flight. <laughs> I, bet you, I bet you the heat was rocking in that room, too. He made you guys all drowsy. No, so no, no, no. We had a fantastic room. The girls... We're able to be there, and then we and then we were able to play in a, in a really fun match, which was for us was a really good competition, yeah, uh, in a fantastic stadium. So, but let's let's talk about what do you you know what what are you looking forward to in the in the spring? Well, uh, for the girls that we have, um, we've got a junior class that have been together for quite some time. Uh, they play club together at Henlopen, um, and they have a strong love for each other, great familiarity, uh, know each other well. Um, and then, you know, that's my daughter's class and we'll probably, I, you know, ballpark in it here. Cause obviously tryouts haven't happened yet of the, that junior class, I believe maybe 11, 12, 13 of them will be on varsity this year. Um, and again, that's a strong group. Uh, you know, we've got some transfers that come in Cape's funny like that. We're, we got such a crazy, crazy growth, uh, down Sussex County in our area. Um, and we've got four kids, I think four kids that girls that have just moved in from the uh, different areas and they've got some pretty heavy playing experience. So, you know, it, we'll see how it goes. I mean, we can say that we've got all the talent in the world, but unless we find a way to make it work, it's all, you know, it's all for naught. And I think that the girls that I have coming back realized that we had a lot of talent the last two years and, um, we let it go. We, we we let what could have been successful seasons go by the wayside and we didn't qualify for the state tournament. And um, I think our girls are hungry to get back to that because we had a pretty long-standing history of making the tournament and being competitive. And, um, you know, we'd really like to see that happen again. Um, what do you think about the the girls soccer in general going into the state, into the, into the 2023 season? You know, it's um, Delaware. For me, I think the talent level is underrated. Uh, I think Delaware's got such talented soccer players on both on both sides of uh, of it. You know, boys and girls, and um, you know, with with that being said, I think our geographical location kind of hurts us and helps us at the same time like delaware tucked in between baltimore dc philadelphia nobody really thinks much about it but then you drive out to those surrounding population centers and the competition that we play against on the club level it's all there yeah and i think that we're fortunate to have that level of competition in the club setting and bring it back to the the high school game in delaware because I think it's uh, upping our level and ability to play. Um, and, you know, just thinking about the boys' side, you know, TJ Hastings from Apo is going to Virginia and uh, the player of the year from uh, from Sally's, uh, oh God, J Jake, Ross Jake Ross is going to West Virginia. West Virginia yeah. So, I mean, my goodness, we, we do have the talent, you know, on the girls' side, uh, Desiree Zapata. Desiree, Desiree Zapata Desiree is going Vill to Villanova. Villanova. So Jasmine Bailey is going to VCU. Yep. So I mean, we have the talent level here, um, and I think people are starting to see that just by 
the commits from this this past year. I mean, Cape has a couple of them. You have a professional player, right? That played in your program? Yeah, Zach Geloff uh, played soccer for Cape all four years. Uh, baseball player. Baseball, that's what yeah. He, yeah. he went on and played at the University of Virginia. His brother, Jake, is there now at the University of Virginia. Um, but Jake, uh, sorry, not Jake, Zach was drafted by the Oakland Athletics. And I believe he's in the minor league system working his way up. There you go. So I've been following him. Yeah, he's... You got to give yourself some credit, man. Well, hey, we... With the capes, you know, and then his, uh, there's, um, oh gosh, I can't remember her name off the top of my head now. She plays with North, Northeast, uh, Northwestern and Chicago plays for the women's national team for field hockey. It will come to me, but, uh, you know, capes got quite a bit Cape, of capes of field hockey and girls across school, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah that, it was just some dynasties down yeah. there. You gotta give yourself some credit, man. No, I mean, Hey, we got, we, we, we definitely have talent. It's, yeah, absolutely. Yep. Well, the Rehoboth Beach community. I mean, I think Pat has something to say to uh, one of our hosts um, that's not here at the convention, uh, the 2012 boys coach. I think he has something oh, he wants to say. He, he wants he to ask Anthony. You go ahead and put it out on the podcast. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, because he's going to listen. Hey, Anthony, my emails have been unanswered. <laughs> he wants to smoke. I, I just want to get our 2012 boys together, man. Go ahead. Nah, go ahead. Just tell him you have the best 2012 team in the state. Go ahead. Tell him. Anthony, I believe we have the best 2012 boys team in the state. <laughs> and you're missing out on the competition, man. <laughs> and the great fields. Oh, uh, yeah. The great fields. We got yeah, those Bermuda grass fields down yeah, there. Tell yeah. us about, real quick, just tell us about the Sandhill Complex. Yeah, because that's so, brand new. Yeah, that's a, um, it's a, I believe the town of Georgetown County, Sussex County, and some private investors or whatnot put it together. Eight grass, uh, Bermuda grass fields. Um, pretty sweet fa uh, facility. I believe they're in the works for a uh, indoor field. Um, I don't know where they are on that, uh, but that's definitely been talked about and planned through a little bit. Um, you know, it's funny, we um we at Henlopen Soccer Club, we would run our rec program at the area schools, you know, HOB or or, Mar or Mariner Middle and, and Milton would be lining our own fields and the, you know, it just oh god, it was a mess. And um we did the best we could with what we had. <laughs> and our rec program was somewhere around 250, 300 kids, if that maybe. Uh as soon as we moved to Sand Hills, like next year it was four hundred and five fifty. Now we're up to seven hundred plus rec players. Uh, so we've grown quite a bit over the last two, three years being at Sand Hill. Um, you know, our select program, I believe, is now between three and four hundred players. So we're we're growing that as well. So it's it's uh, facilities help, right? Facilities, you know, you yeah. If it's you build it, they will come. You know, the old <laughs> mantra from Field of Dreams. Yeah, you, seriously, the the fields really helped us out. So well. Pat, thanks so much for coming on. Uh, we're looking forward to the season. Looking forward to the the play day. Yeah, March fourth. Yeah, twenty two teams. Yeah, sweet. Should be fun. It should be Pat, really. Pat's really... good at you know, and that's uh, something he doesn't give himself credit. He's good at organizing those play days yeah. and kind of events. Like he really does a great job reaching out to the coaches and and putting that stuff together. And it, it really brings the coaches and the clubs closer because. You know, some of us try to do it. We're not the best organizers and it doesn't work. But, you know, Pat, every time it's been a success. Yeah, well, thank you, guys. That's, thanks for the kind words. Thanks for the good press and good luck to you guys. And thanks for having me. You guys are awesome. Thanks. Appreciate it. Yeah, guys. How are you doing? Uh, I want to run through a few things somewhat. Not. Yeah, I want to run through a few things real quick before we before we do the player of the match and we wrap up the episode. Um, Champions League and the Europa League all this weekend, all this past week. Yeah, I'm, I'm on ten dollars on Tuesday. I picked the games right. 
Yeah, you did. You picked you picked Madrid and uh and Dorm and um Napoli. Yeah. Well, my boy picked Napoli. He asked me Madrid or Liverpool. I told him Madrid. That boy was sweating after that first like twenty minutes when they were down to nothing. <laughs> he was like, "Nah, man." He was like, "What's wrong with you?" He's like, "Why did I pick them?" He's like, "Just and wait. Then five two, and I'm like, just just a genius. I'm a goat." Like, <laughs> um, yeah, what a weird game that was. A lot of goalkeeping errors in that game. A lot of goalkeeping errors. Um, and then Inter uh, beats Porto in the first. In their first game with a late goal from Lukaku, City tides Leipzig, um, which I think I don't think it'll be concerning considering they were playing in in Germany. I think once they go back to England, I think it'll be they'll be able to pull that off. Um, obviously, the 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 biggest one is definitely the Real Madrid Liverpool game there, yeah. and then um, so and then in the Europa League. Um, I mean, ultimately the biggest Xavi out thing is that that Xavi's out <laughs> that bitch United beats Barcelona Barcelona lost and is that they're out Xavi's out who cares if you can win La Liga and only give up four goals or whatever they've given <laughs> up <laughs> you gave up more goals in two games in the Europa League yeah you have all season you can't you can't yeah. with the Giants it yeah conference league here we come yeah uh, do they go to the conference league after this? I don't know. No, I don't think so. I think that's it. I think you're done. I think you're done after this one. How do you get to the conference? You just got to be bad to be. No, to get in the conference league, you would have to go out in the group stage of the Europa League. Ah, gotcha. If you're if you're not in that first place, I think you go into the conference league. I Makes think sense. something like that. Um. Yeah, I mean, it. Two games went to went to PKs. Shakhtar beats Ren uh, on PKs and goes through. And then um, Leverkusen beats Monaco and goes through on PKs. So some good games. Interesting results. Um, Sevilla, Sevilla goes through even though uh, PSV wins 2 nothing with a red card. And their goalkeeper got punched in the face. Yeah. Uh, Juve, Juve goes a fan. <laughs> Three goals by Di Maria. Uh, here he goes. You see the flag. Everybody can imagine the Argentinian flag just waving over here. <laughs> Big upset. Ajax getting knocked out by Union Berlin. Interesting. Yeah. Union there's probably Berlin. American on Union Berlin. What? I said there's probably an American on Union Berlin. I don't think so. But Union Berlin, um, almost like the, the underdog so far, but they they've went through and they're 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 through, um, and uh, Roma goes Jordan Peacock. See, I'm waving my American flag. There you go. Good job. Um, Even his name is like starts with an S sometimes, and it's Peacock other times. That's right. Um, but yeah, so so that's kind of the wrap up there. Um, the She Believes Cup. Happened this these last couple of days or last USA week or so. Cup. We should just call the USA Cup. <clears throat> it's called the She Believes Cup. She believes that the USA will win. I mean, the like, USA. I believe that we will win. <laughs> the USA did win, only giving up one late goal against Brazil, and that was the only game of the game. That's the only goal they gave up in the tournament. Uh, they win all three games. I think they strategically pick 
they were close games though. I mean, they they beat Japan only one nothing, uh, beat Canada two nothing or yeah two nothing, and then um, Brazil two to one. So it's close games. So it's good, good tournament. Good to get some competition in. Um, I also want to bring up the fact that the playoff tournament was happening for the Women's World Cup. Um, Argentina goes three now in this, so they were invited as a friendly, um, I guess a friendly squad. So they were able to add some extra games in. So New Zealand got, so they got to play Chile first, and they beat them three nothing. Um, and they got to play New Zealand, um, twice and beat them both times two nothing and one nothing um and it's the first time in 20 years that argentina's been new zealand so good preparation for them for the world cup and then out of the playoffs uh the teams that made it into the women's world cup uh panama made it into the women's world cup haiti made it to the women's world cup and portugal made it in so those are the three teams that won that playoff and are in the group stage, or the group stages are set, locked. Somebody's away. playing the U.S. Out of, I think there's a Panama that's playing the U.S. Yeah, L. So we will just like we did with the with the men's World Cup. Uh, I don't uh, need a bracket. We are going to do. We are going to do a women's World we'll Cup bracket. One. We are going to do one. <laughs> USA. Uh, we're gonna do one. We're gonna do an entire bracket since we have 32 teams. Um, we're gonna do one. Uh, we'll go through them and discuss them leading up to the to the World Cup. Yeah, I mean, hey, USA back to back. So, hey, can't beat us, join us. Yeah, we'll take your best player, make him American, <laughs> and get married. We'll, we'll marry him off since you know Mallory Pugh is now Mallory Swan. So I just made that connection. You just you just figured that out. I was like, dude, this is whoever Mallory Swanton in is tearing it up. I don't know where she <laughs> came from. So yeah. then I finally look her up and I'm like, oh, she just got married. <laughs> Whoops. Yeah. Yeah. It was, um, there was another player like that too. She's married to Drew Holiday. She doesn't play anymore, but like, I was like, man, this girl came out of nowhere and started tearing it up. She married Drew Holiday, like the basketball player? Yeah, maybe she's Lauren Holiday. Oh. Hmm. But she's she was Lauren something else. I was like, man, this girl came out of here nowhere and just tore it up. But you got to remember that when women get married, Lauren Cheney. Yeah. She was good. Yeah. And it was just like, man, where did she come from? Where did they find Lauren Holiday? Yeah. Yeah. They're still, they're still together. Yeah. Good for them. Um, Milwaukee's cold. (laughs) Yeah. That's right. Um, All right. Player of the match. Uh, my player of the match goes out to the Philadelphia Union because uh, he's painting a U on his chest tomorrow for the game. That's right. Not only does oh, yeah, play <laughs> from a deep spot. Not only not only does the does the season start tomorrow. Um, the Philadelphia Union has now done this thing called the the Union Way, presented by Subaru on YouTube. Hey. Um. And uh, so yeah. So they have um. They have these. Uh, they're they're doing what seems to be like they're doing these. Uh, like a little show on YouTube where they they talk about the season and things like that. Um, so episode one is ready to, is already up and running. It came out yesterday. Um, so it's like twenty five minutes. Looks pretty cool. It's like an inner, inside look into like the preparation of the preseason so far. So I'm assuming they'll they'll kind of go through it th- through the entire year. 
um, or hopefully they do. Um, but one of the first things that Jim Curtin talked about is the fact that, uh, you know, they only, there's only two players that left the, the squad. It was Paxton Aronson and Corey Burke. And he said, you know, Corey's going to be a presence that will be missed on the, on the squad. In the locker room, maybe. And I, don't, I don't know about on the field. He said on the field, man. He said on the field, Corey Berg's goat. What's the silence for, man? Because basically thinking of all the goals Paxton would have scored if Corey wasn't in his way. <laughs> I am telling you, man, you keep messing with this guy. This guy will find you one day. Hear about I'll this. I'll go find him. And he will, he will take you out. I'll take him out. I'll go to a Red Bull game. Man, Corey sucks. Heckle him. Are you gonna heckle him? Uh, no, that's cool though. I think that they uh they should cool, consider using cool my Subaru in the promo. Yeah. Other than the like uh chromed out Subaru they have in the plaza before games. The gold one? The gold one, yeah. yeah. I kind of got a nice Subaru too, all black. If you want to do like all black one, blacked out. <laughs> like a like a Batmobile kind of thing. A Batmobile. I just gotta get a black license plate, but yeah. they can pay for that. There you go. <laughs> um it's just i'll tell you after <laughs> i'll use i'll use the union credit you got the philadelphia union credit card number I'll, I'll i'll tell you the joke after um but uh um player of the match your player of the match alex colt alex colt alex colt out here working man i hear i hear with god soccer transferring tournaments over the last minute last week obviously had a head start on this one this week probably had to i think they had to redo their fc europa brackets and schedules for next week yeah. <laughs> well him and joe so shout out to sideline solutions can't can't just put it all on alex yeah. but yeah shout out to Sideline solutions shout out to alex for giving me his contact that got soccer for getting me up and running for my tournament yeah. this weekend yeah. Shout out to Kent County Parks and Rec Center for allowing us to come back another year for Union Football Cup. And shout out to, I think his name's Brett, or it's Brent, one of the two. He works at Kent County Parks and Rec for spending $18 on a green screen to take pictures in front of. Because the green screen that they bought for $12 was not a green screen. So what? what why do they need a green screen? What are they putting in the background of that? Uh, they just want to, I don't know. I don't do the whole picture thing, man. All right, cool. Um, uh, <laughs> I just know that I just know that they had pieces of green paper taped together and they spent 12 is, is that if you live in a world where technology works, like Canva is this tool that has an automatic background remover of whatever it is, or you don't really need a green screen. No. But I mean, they got to go for it. I mean, if they got it, why not? I got 18 bucks. Yeah, that's fine. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't, I'm not taking the pictures. <laughs> um, on this day in soccer history, February 24th, 2007. Oh, it's an Argentinian on this day in history. It is an Argentinian and on this day in history. Uh, Javier Mastrano debuts for Liverpool against Sheffield United after playing briefly at West Ham. Um, yeah, sketchy transfers. Yeah, a little bit. Um, where he was owned by a company and <laughs> yeah, it was crazy and not by himself. <laughs> yeah. So he's there for three years, plays 94 games, scores one goal. And then that pretty much launches his career as far as like on the international scale. Um, meaning like to the, like on the club, club international scale. 
internationally in Argentina, he was always known. Um, his big, his big, somewhat claimed. He has two big things that 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 are memorable for him. One, he's one of the few players to ever debut for the Argentina national team first squad before debuting in a first division, like on a first team game for River Plate or any other, you know, any. Yeah. So, so uh, Bielsa puts him in, um, in like 2003, and he doesn't actually debut until like 2004. So it's it's kind of crazy. Um, and then um, his other one. Um, is the fact that he has 147 caps for the national team, which is the most caps of any Argentinian player ever for the men's national team. Staple back there. Yeah, not only that, I mean, again, like it's interesting because... It is interesting because as soon as they got rid of him, they won a World Cup. <laughs> well, he was old. He, he, was, he was older. It made sense. Um, but what I think, what I find super interesting is the fact that he's one of the few players that was made an entire career um on the national team being a a center midfielder a center defensive midfielder number six but he's most famously known in Barcelona for being a center back yeah um which I thought was interesting because there's that's a huge not a huge difference but there's a difference there absolutely so so yeah so February 24th 2007 the uh, match debuts for for uh for Liverpool against Sheffield United. All right, fair play of the week. Uh doing this one's going to be an interesting one for you, I think, cuz I don't think you're going to know where this is going. I don't. Do you know who uh cuz I I I'm giving them this player the this fair play of the week just because I learned about this this week. Um do you know who uh Kaoru Mitoma is? No, never heard of him. Kaoru Mitoma plays for um, for Brighton. Okay, he's the one that scored that goal against Liverpool a couple weeks ago. Nope. You know what I'm talking about? Nope. No. Okay. It's probably on a soccer field somewhere. Huh? Probably missed the goal. It's probably on a field. So he's the one that like it was. It was in that like cup game or whatever. It might have been FA Cup or whatever it was that he scores like a really really nice goal. He's like juggled the ball like twice and then scored a goal. Okay. But anyways, so um, so he's from Japan, and um, at eighteen, at eighteen years old, he was offered a contract to play uh, professional soccer. Um, and he thought he was like not one hundred percent fully prepared for it, so he decided to hold off of it and continue his his studies. And so he finished, he finishes school. Um, and then he goes to university. He used he and he did a thesis on dribbling. Mm. Yeah. So he did an entire thesis on dribbling. Um he has a uh he has a degree on um oh goodness, where is it? Uh, yeah. So he had, his thing was, um, he has a, something in, um, his degree in like sports medicine and and nutrition and things like that. So, uh, I just thought it was cool because he had the ability to to 
to to you know go in and play professional soccer and he decided he wasn't ready yet so he wanted to finish the studies um so just the importance of academics so i thought it was thought it was cool cool i love good plan who's your favorite player of the week uh well i'm just good luck to everybody at the union football cup this weekend there you go refs i got you some lunch good chick-fil-a on saturday wawa on sunday what'd you get in from wawa i got those little like sub boxes oh okay cool nice good stuff hopefully no no one's vegan on saturday (laughs) a lot of chips a lot of chips and cookies being never never know man never know well no if you're vegan you can't eat the cookies either why because the chocolate is has milk in it, probably. <laughs> I mean, almond milk. Almond milk cookies? Yeah. yeah. There you go. Chips Ahoy almond brand, almond cookies. Cheap? No, I mean, you know, did you know that Oreos are vegan? They're not. Yeah, Oreos are vegan. Oop, didn't know that. Yeah. So. I'd well, see whatever. <laughs> Well, make sure you follow us on Instagram at DE Soccer Podcast. Uh, thanks for joining us this week. And remember, always receive the ball on your front foot. Mm-hmm.